It's another episode of the Cause I Have To podcast, where living your dream is the only option. Wait, what that episode right. are we up to? Number 38. 38. No. Is it 3-8? Yeah. We're so closing oh in on that year-long adventure. Wow. And our next guest is Ashrita Tiwari, a certified personal trainer and hypnotherapist. She is a personal power coach. I like that. Who helps that female good. leaders and high performers step into alignment so that they can achieve more impact, success, and happiness than they ever thought possible. She's originally from Nepal, living in Massachusetts, and that's coming up next. Welcome to the Cuz I Have To podcast, where living your dream is the only option. I'm your host, Julie Slater. And I'm Jason Friday. And we've been scouring the earth for people living their dharma so we can share their stories with you. And hopefully we help you find your dharma. Let's do it. Welcome to the program, Ashrita. Yeah, thank you for having me here. I'm so excited. I, I love I love the energy that you br- you both bring into this. It's, like, <laughs> it's very light and playful. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Awesome. <laughs> we try to make it fun, you know, enjoyable, relaxed, good times. Yeah, it is nice when people are on. You know, some people come on and they're kind of nervous, like our last guest, Patrick. Mm. But afterwards, he's like, oh, wow, that was actually really fun. That was so <laughs> enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you see, you're you're providing great experiences for your guests as well. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So um, we have you. Know, well, I guess I'll. I've talked about Jim Fortin. Um, I'm a part of this transformational coaching program, and that is where Ashrita and I became friends. Mm-hmm. And this girl has transformed like a son of a gun. <laughs> and um, basically, you know, the podcast is about living your dharma, living your dreams. You are doing it. But tell me this. So what would you say if someone said, are you living your dharma? What is it? And how are you doing it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for uh, acknowledging my transformation. I appreciate that. And Julie, Julie's been here since she's seen it from the beginning, right? So it's been a whole year that I've been part of this program. Uh, But yeah, so the way that I live my dharma, I would say, is really helping female leaders and high performers, high achievers, um, step into alignment, right, and really create happiness and joy so that they can really have a ripple effect on the people around them. And so it's a ripple effect and impact that way. And so my biggest thing really, um, ever since I was really young, was to how can I serve people? How can I create an impact where not just one person's benefiting, but like the people around them and and, and their community is also benefiting. Sure. And so for me, I realized that for me, what who has the group that has resonated the most for me are female leaders, because I've always been in the leadership space and also high performers. And so I realized that I can have a huge impact on them. And it started really with my personal story and my personal transformation. And so that's like what I'm trying to create. And it's really the idea that, you know, we want to be the change first and then have the impact to those others around us, right? And so um, I'm a big believer of that. And I, I, I've seen that in my own life. And I see that with my clients all the time. And so in short, that's how I'm living my dharma and my purpose. Where do you think you said awesome. it started when you were young? Like, what do you think influenced you with that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I don't know, for me, I always felt that at a very young age, I had this like feeling inside of me that 
I was meant to do something big. And I, I and I, you know, it was as a little girl, I didn't really know how to tap into that or like what that even meant. Um, but I do know that I think based off of like my story and like pretty much my circumstances, I've been able to, you know, there are people that come from certain circumstances that aren't able to really navigate it well and their perspective on it really makes a big difference. And for me, I've always had this perspective that my experiences, my life ha- is is a, is the reason, it's my fuel for kind of continuing to stay motivated and to, to impact people. And so a little bit about me, I grew up in Nepal. Um, so I grew up in Nepal and I came to this country when I was six years old with my family. And so we were all immigrants and we came to the United States with what most immigrants want to do is for possibilities, right? And for to create a better life. And so I yeah. came as came with my family and we grew up working class immigrants. And so we went from like a family of five, like one one bedroom apartment, moved around a lot as a little girl. And I I was really privileged. You know, my parents were arranged marriage. So they they were arranged marriage when we were in Nepal. And my mom has education up to sixth grade from a very remote poor village in Nepal. And my father has his college degree. But to say the least, I was the first person in my family to graduate from college and get receive a master's degree as well. So for me, I've always felt like I had this huge responsibility in my family to pave the path, right? Pave a path for them and like kind of a trailblazer for my family and for others who are in similar circumstances and situations. So for me, the way that I see myself is like, I'm living my life and I'm creating possibilities for others who are in similar situations. So yeah, that's a little bit about like, I, I completely forgot your question, by the way. What was the question? <laughs> well, I like, feel like you, you went down the right path, okay. but it was, oh, yeah. it was nice to start from the beginning. <laughs> I, well, just saying like how you got all that as a youth, but I wonder, was any of that, you have such a positive attitude. Did you ever, like you said, it, you felt like all that it was up to you to create all this. Did you ever right. feel too much pressure, like that you had to do too much? Yeah. I mean, so that's part of, I would say that's also part of my big healing journey, right? And that's that's some of the things that, Julia, I know you've heard So for me, I, for some reason, at a very young age, and I think it's also very cultural in Nepali culture, right? So women are... Uh, women aren't te- necessarily the breadwinners, but they're also seen as, okay, you were always supposed to help the family, right? And serve the family. And it's very different from the way, um, I guess, the way that we look at family and community in the United States. It's very communal. And so, so for me... I've always felt this obligation from my family, from my culture, that I am responsible for my family and helping them kind of lift them out of their circumstances. And so in that situation, it was also difficult for me, right? Because at a very young age, I was carrying this like huge responsibility that a child really shouldn't be carrying. Um, And so I think that can also, I think, if, if you don't have the correct surroundings and the right mindset and the right like way to look at the story, it can be, you know, I could have gone down a different path. And so for me, I was fortunate that I always had this very optimistic mindset where even if we had nothing, I would be super grateful for it. And I could look at it as like, okay, this is a responsibility that I can help people to get out of it. So I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, I think it was more like the way that I looked at life and it's really just mindset, right? It's all mindset and perspective. And 
I was, and I think, and one thing that I think is really helpful to know is I do think that like being able to change your environment at a very young age makes the difference in, in like your motivation and your determination. So the reason I say that is because for so many years I worked as a coach actually for first generation low income students. So I was supporting them and I was coaching them. And one thing I recognized was that the, the, the students that were immigrants that migrated from a different country and they moved the environment for a specific purpose actually tended to do really well in school. And they were the ones who were succeeding. Whereas if we were working with low income first generation students here in the United States, they were they didn't change. They didn't know anything else. Right there. They have generational families that kind of have stayed in the same cities, the same environment. And so for them, they weren't actually changing their environment. And so they didn't do as well. So I know that for sure, like the environment plays a big role. And so I, I do think that for the reason that we moved here for possibilities, right, for a better life, that was kind of ingrained in me as a little girl. And so I do think that has helped, that has played a big role in like my trajectory and where I am now as well. Sure. Yeah. So then what advice would you give people who weren't, you know, who just were born here and kind of maybe feel stuck, I guess? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would definitely say like finding people who are going to like empower you, right? And finding a community of people who are going to support you and empower you, but also like trying new things and getting out of your comfort zone and being able to, you know, if you're able to go to different environments, I know some, some, a lot of people might not be, they might be limited in their circumstances and their finances do that. But it's really, I think, we are privileged now that we have access to technology and we can like have access to different communities online. Right. And so I do think that nowadays there, there it's, that's less of an excuse. Right. And so um, I do think it's like really surrounding yourself with people that you maybe look up to aspire to be like, um, and kind of moving away from maybe those people and environments that are, keeping you stuck in those circumstances and kind of keeping you stuck in those stories and limiting beliefs. So I do think it's really changing the environment and the people that you're surrounded with. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, I think you're, like you said, your environment and the people that you are connected with directly is, is game changing. We've all been in that left side and right side of like, these type of people are like this, but then these type of people are like that. You know, we've all experienced that. I think at least mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> maybe and there's they, the few that always... have just had perfect groups of people their entire life. I don't know. <laughs> and they always say like, you're, you're a percentage of the people that you hang out with. I don't know if I'm wording that right, mm-hmm. but if you hang yeah. out with a bunch of go-getters and yeah, right. positive people, mm-hmm. like that's going to be part of you. So you really, sure. your environment of people, but like you said, there's so many groups you can join, you know, whether mm-hmm. it's just of hobby interest or personal power kind of things. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now for you, you were working for other people, but the biggest thing I wanted to share was that you, a year ago, you, you know, pretty much put it out there. Like it, you know, did you say in a year, I'm going to leave this and work on my own. And now you just did that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually in our program. So tell us about that whole journey. Yeah. Yeah. So in our program at the end of the first round, after I realized that I was limiting myself in so many ways, right. And really listening to other people outside of me. Right. And a lot of it was also my own self-worth, right? And really recognizing that I was playing very small with, in the work that I was doing was amazing, right? It was amazing work, very impactful. But 
I was also not making the income I wanted to make. I wasn't making the larger ripple effect and impact that I wanted to create in the world. And so, so I realized that I was playing really small. And um, so after the end of the first program that we did together, TCP, I declared to everybody in the community that, hey, listen, next year in June, I'm going to be leaving my job. And so that's exactly what happened. So this past June, this past month, I ended my full-time job and I'm actually an entrepreneur full-time. I'm coaching full-time. I also coach uh, software engineers who are high performers. And so I'm doing the thing. <laughs> I'm doing the thing yeah. now, which is really, really awesome because it's, and that's, that's one thing that I have to say that could be really powerful for your audience is there's so much power in setting intentions, right? Even because the thing is, when I set that intention, I was like, I'm going to make this happen. But I was scared. I was like, I have no idea how this is going to happen. I'm super scared. I like, I was still kind of caught up in beliefs around security and all of that, right? And so I had to work through all of that the past year, but I knew for sure that this is the path that I needed to take in order to live my purpose, to live my dharma, to do what I want to do. And so, yeah, so now I am no longer working full time and it's so exciting. And it's like every day just feels um, so free, but also just like one thing I've recognized already, and this could be helpful for your audience is being able to have the space to no longer work full time. Because before I was working full time, I was also working part time as a coach, and I was working on my business, right. And so I was doing a lot of things. And what I realized from that was that I wasn't giving myself space and time to to be creative, right? Like I was, I was always on a schedule. I always kind of needed to get the work done. Right. And so, cause I'm very integral. So if I say I'm going to do something, I usually, I want to follow through with it. Right. And so now I'm realizing once I'm like, once I've left my full-time job, there's so much space for creativity. And like, I used to tell myself as a person, I'm not creative. I'm not creative at all, but that was just a story that I was telling myself. Right. It was more based off of my schedule and this, this perception that I had around time. Um, so that was really, really cool. That's definitely a shift that I've noticed. Now you, so awesome. you mentioned software engineer. Is that, where does that come in? Did, is that what you got a master's in or something? No, no. <laughs> so I don't, so actually I got my master's in, um, higher ed and leadership. So I know, uh, so, uh, leadership is something that I've been really interested in for a long time. And I've played some leadership roles in nonprofits and organizations as well. Um, and, but software engineers, actually, I coach software engineers during their career job search process right now. And a lot of the work that I do with them is, of course, you know, the end goal is to help them get an offer, right? Get a really good offer in the tech space. However, a lot of the work is that internal work, right? That mindset shift and really building confidence. How do you show up as your best self? How do you really pay attention to that self-talk, that negative self-talk and understand yourself better through this process? And so that's what I do now as a, as a part-time, um, I'm still working part-time, but I'm also, and I do, and I actually have another part-time job now that just, it's an opportunity. And so that's one thing I'm really good at is attracting opportunities to me. And so once I am able to like internally let go of something, I've realized that, oh, okay, things just kind of fall on my lap. It's just, I have to learn how to just let go and let go of some of these stories and these like scarce mindset around, you know, security and all of that stuff that I had to work through. Um, so I also right now, actually, I'm a career coach for another organization called Parachute Bridge that works with first-generation uh, DACA students who are also looking for a job right after their college experience. So that's been super cool because that's that's the work that I've done for several years. And it's cool that 
I can still do that and still live my purpose, right? Like live my dharma. And so, sure. so yeah. That is so you, you're awesome. Like, you're so full of such awesome, positive energy. Like, <laughs> Thank you. you. Like, <laughs> stand here and I'll just look at you for a while. And I want to see you as like a six-year-old because you're probably like the same. Like, <laughs> I love it. Uh, so driving. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to make a change, mommy. You know, you have so it. much. Um, so much gusto i want like i wonder are, have you had times when you're too hard on yourself oh yeah absolutely i mean that's i think that's one of the things that female leaders high performers that's one of the things that that i've recognized are a, a big thing that is challenge for them and a challenge for myself and so as a high performer high achiever right we're always trying to get to the next goal and we're always trying to achieve that thing and when we don't like meet those expectations, we're super hard on ourselves. So a lot of the work actually that I do do with the women I work with my clients is that internal dialogue. It's like, what are the stories that you're telling yourself? Like, how kind are you to yourself? How often do you appreciate yourself? Right? How often are you in gratitude? Because what happens, you know, uh, and and I, I, I think you read my bio, I'm also doing hypnotherapy now as well. And combining that with my personal training experience and habit formation so that people can really understand that like their physical, their emotional and mental um, healing is really critical in order to really get to the next level. Like they really need to work on those three things. And it's an ongoing thing, right? It doesn't kind of end the healing process doesn't end. But so many people I've recognized are so focused on the external and they don't focus on what's going on inside of them. And so for high performance, yes, that's a big thing. And that's a big thing for me that I had to work through personally was that my brain would always be focused on the things that I didn't do well. Or like, you know, if I did a presentation, I would just be focused on, oh my gosh, I didn't say that one word that I was supposed to say. And then I would finish the presentation. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, you were so amazing. And that's like a common experience for high performers, right? And so, but yes, definitely that that internal dialogue, that negative self-talk, it's 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 real. I mean, it's it's actually, you know, uh, lots of people face that, but high achievers specifically even more because they're they're their worst critique. Right. And and so, sure. yeah, there's always like a shoulda, coulda, woulda. And it's like, well, how about just you did great and move on to the next thing that you can and right. will. And, you you know, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's also about perfectionism. Right. Like a big part oh, yeah. of we live in such a yeah, world that's always trying to tell you. You need to be perfect, and perfectionism is perfectionism is a, an illusion, right? It doesn't actually exist. Yeah. And so, for me, the way that I coach people is that, like, you just need to get into action. You just need to try it, and you just need to give it a seventy percent, and just you're going to improve from there, right? So, there is no such thing as perfectionism, and so many people get stuck in that, and that's also a big reason why so many people procrastinate, right? Is that right? They and they want never things end up to be pursuing it. Exactly. They want right. it to be perfect, right? Or the yeah. situation needs to be perfect before they move forward. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a huge, I would say perfectionism is a huge one for me that I've released a lot of, yeah. you know, like allowing yeah. something to go out that has some things wrong with it because it, because it's not, I guess, really just to get it out and not be perfect. Even yeah. like this podcast, you know, like if you sit around waiting and waiting and waiting, that's a, I, I would say that's a huge, that's a big one for me. That's all. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I can tell that from just having this experience now with both of you, like you, you both let go of perfectionism, right? It's, it's really showing up as your authentic self, right? And, and just being sure. you. Is that because my right? hair is wet? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, your hair is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that is, that is perfect. <laughs> 
my but god! I do have to say that's that's what resonates with people, right? Is that is it's you all showing up as your authentic self because no one's perfect, so you have to show up as you because that's what people are going to resonate with. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. really, it really goes with any job or anything you're doing. You know. I mean, it it's the classic line: "Just be yourself. That's all." Yeah. And, you know, and mm -hmm. it and it really is. Yeah, just be you. Like you don't need to put on a show or anything. Just be you because that's what people love the most about you is you not something else yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely totally. and you really got into health and um did some bodybuilding tell us yeah. how that came about yeah i know i did you were about... amazing <laughs> thank you yeah you're bodybuilding you look like arnold man Holy <laughs> moly. Jeez. not quite there yet but maybe one no, day not quite, but i mean it, you looked i was like seriously that you look insane oh my thank you God. i appreciate it so yeah. it took me a lot to get there though i had a lot of body issue body challenges growing up so it was you know it, it, it what didn't just magically happen there was a lot of work put into it um for sure but thank you so much so pretty much I didn't tell my full story, but part of my story is that I got into health and wellness um, and I became a personal trainer because of my family, actually. So I watched, you know, as a little girl, for some reason, I was just aware, like I just became aware. And I, I think part of it really has to do with my environment and the circumstances and just me being able to uh, gain some education that my family didn't really have. Right. And so that definitely helped me become a little bit more aware but as a little girl, I watched my mom um, who she went through a lot of traumatic experience. So imagine being married off at age 18, <laughs> right? Uh, married yeah. off by your parents, having, uh, you know, a sixth grade education. And in, culturally in Nepal, I love Nepali culture. There's amazing things about it, but there's also things that are really, really harmful for females specifically. And so she was living in that type of environment and era and... Um, my mom, as that, as we were young in the United States, she actually ended up developing schizophrenia, which is a mental illness. Um, and so that was something I watched her progress and get worse, right? And at that time, we didn't know what that was, but we just knew there was a lot of lot of chaos in the household because my dad yeah. didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. Um, and so that's something that I watched. And so I became really interested in just like, what, what is this mental illness? Like, how, how does this happen? Right. And so at a young age, I started to become very interested in that. And then on top of that, I also watched my mom develop diabetes as well, type two diabetes, right? So she has the, the physical and mental. And I realized, you know, when I was in college, as I kind of did more reflecting and learning about psychology and all of that, and start to get into my own health and wellness journey that a lot of it was developed not for not because of her fault she didn't really know better but a lot of it was because of lifestyle choices right and of experiences that she never really healed from and processed and didn't really know how to and so i started to become really interested in the physical component of it and so i joined a crossfit gym when i received my masters and that was one thing that i got really into was crossfit and like the way that I felt when I did a really good workout or the way that I felt after I did a really hard workout was like something that I didn't, I've never experienced before in the past. And so I became really like interested in that. And, and then after that, I, once I got into CrossFit, I started to get into the health part of it, like eating and habits and sleep and all of that. Yeah. Right. And then eventually I decided, okay, I'm going to become a personal trainer. And it kind of just happened not because I had planned it, but people were like, oh, you're really good at this. And then I would just kind of just like informally train people, but it wasn't, it wasn't like I was 
charging them or I was certified in any way. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to become certified. And then I realized how helpful, like really focusing on your habits and your training is in other areas of your life, because I experienced it. So during my master's program, right, I was working like two jobs, two assistantships, doing research and teaching. And then I was also taking a full course of, of classes a master's classes. And at that time, I, I, that's when I decided to become interested in habit formation and working out and eating well and all of that. And this was actually the first time that I was off on my own too from my family. So I was living away from my family. And it was at that time that I realized like, oh, like this health and wellness stuff is actually really helping me stay on on top of my work, right? And really helping yeah. me stay motivated. Like there's something that's really helping me about this. And so I realized that it was helping me in that area. It was also helping me in my relationships. It was helping me the way that I felt about my body and my own internal confidence, right? And so I, be- I just started to do more research. I started to just become very, very curious, learning from others, and then eventually decided like, listen, I'm just going to become certified in personal training while I was working full time. And, and that's kind of when the, where the personal training journey started. Um, and, and, and then it kind of had to shift a little bit, right? when COVID hit. And so when COVID hit, that's when I discovered TCP, which was like, which was, I felt like it was meant to happen. Right. And that's when I discovered this whole world of transformational coaching world, which I had no idea. Like, I didn't even know that existed. Like, I was like, what people coach virtually? Like, what is this? Like, and so, so that's when I started to become interested in that. And I realized so much of the work. And also when I was working with my clients, I love my clients and they would have amazing transformations physically but then they would bounce back. They would bounce back to their old ways, right? They would gain the 20 pounds, they would gain the 10 pounds. And I was like, okay, something, there's something that I'm missing here. Even though my approach was very holistic, there was still something that I wasn't understanding. And it was through TCP that I realized, okay, it's really the habits, the internal stuff. It's the subconscious reprogramming. That's what's going to help people stick to these habits, these lifestyle changes that impacts everything, right? Impacts every area in your life. And so yeah, so that's kind of how I have been able to weave my experiences that I've had. It's been very different experiences, right? So it's been leadership. I was I was uh, I was a sociology major in college, right, and women's studies. So I was always very interested in like the way the world, the way that societies were culturally. And then I got my master's in higher ed leadership, which was really focused on leadership and helping a specific population at that time. And then getting the personal training. So it's really cool now. It's like, I feel like everything has kind of happened for a reason. And now I can weave it all together and create this amazing program that I've created this spring. And it's called Heal and Flourish, which I just did a, a, a pilot launch for, which was amazing. And it was all around habit formation, subconscious reprogramming, understanding your emotions, right? Like how do you deal with your emotions? Because so much of our world and so much of our society like doesn't even understand their emotions, right? No one focuses on their emotions. But here's the thing is that emotional intelligence is like one of one of the greatest powers that you can have. You can really understand your emotions, right? And because people are always focused on IQ, but it's like, no, we need to focus on EQ, right? The emotional intelligence. And so so that's kind of what I've combined all of that together to create these uh, programs and my coaching and my coaching packages. Wow. Uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, that's oh, you unreal. You do so much. It's so <laughs> <wild>. <laughs> Thank you. My God. I also feel like, did you, did you need any help? Because I feel like you're just so like put together. 
It's kind of, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. It's been a, it's been work. Um, so yeah, that's another thing. So, so much of my life, I felt like I've had to learn and do everything on my own. Right. So I was the first of everything in my family. So I couldn't really lean in on my family because they're always looking to me for help. Right. And so I couldn't really have that support. And so that's been one of the reasons why I feel like I've been playing so small, right? Until recently, until like a year or two years ago, that I didn't even know there was a whole world of people that were doing things that I wanted to do that would be willing to help me, right? Like I always had this story in my mind. And I think a lot of people can relate to this is that no one wants to help me, right? I have to do this on my own. And in general, people have a hard time with receiving help, right? And so So that was something that I definitely had to work through internally. But once I realized like, oh, there's plenty of people who actually want to help me like achieve my vision and I actually don't have to do this alone, right? Like nothing great is actually ever built by yourself, right? You need a team of people. You need a community of people. And so once I really like understood that, because there's a difference and our coach always says this, right, Julie, there's a big difference between knowing something and, and before understanding something and knowing it, right? So like you can understand it on the intellectual level, but knowing is a yeah. different thing. Knowing is like you actually embodying it, you actually implementing, you're actually taking the action. And so once I realized that and I started to implement, okay, I can ask for help. I can join these communities. I can ask, you know, I can hire someone to do these, these things that I don't want to do that drain me, right? And so once I've kind of realized that, I, I feel like that's where like, I've really been able to level up, right? And really take it to the next level of what I really want to do and, and be in my purpose and be in my dharma. Sure. My gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's a huge thing for women, myself included, that you, like, we are these strong women and then you realize that you don't ask for help because you've spent a lifetime being strong. I mean, when Jason and I met, he was like, hey, why don't you just say, can you help me with this? <laughs> And yeah. I'm like, I've been doing this my whole life. Uh, yeah. This. yeah. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't mean you don't have it. It's just like, <laughs> hey, can you, yeah. can you help yeah. me out? It's like a vulnerable and, thing, I guess, really asking for help. When I guess in some ways when you're like, well, I know I could do this myself. Yeah. You know? yeah. Sure. Well, I, oh, I think wow. you make a you do make a good point, Julie, though. Like, I think culturally and through our like social conditioning, you know, many of us that are high performers, high achievers, we're like, we're independent, we can do this ourselves, And so we want to hold on to that perception, right? And it doesn't mean that like, you, you're not strong and independent if you act, if you get you have help, right? Like, it's really about redefining these terms, right? Because that's what people define independent strong as like, you you're doing it alone, right? Like no one no one can help you. And so I've yeah. had to learn how to redefine that too, because I consider myself strong and independent, but I'm going to I'm going to say yes to help when people offer it. Right. And so and I think that's what makes people even more powerful. Right. Like is to say yes to help. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know what? Um, one, so. Another coach we work with, Lisa Carpenter, the one big thing she said to me once is your strength is your biggest weakness. That was a big thing to hear, you know? Yeah. I was definitely stuck in a life of I'm strong. I can do this myself. Right. She's like, sometimes yeah. you got to be vulnerable and ask for help. And, and like you said, ask for help for things to open up your own time to do the things you really want to do. Right. Even. 
Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Exactly. Cool. So now if people want to work with you, how do they get a hold of you? So they can follow my Instagram, which is, I got to look it up because I, I should know this. <laughs> it's Ashrita. <laughs> I think it's Ashrita underscore coach on Instagram. And then I also have a website, which is ashritatuari.com as well. Nice. And that's T-I-W-A-R-I. Ashrita, yes. A-S-H-R-I-T-A. Yes. That's right. uh, that is awesome. It's been, uh, it's so awesome hearing all the things that you're doing. But before, hold on, we've got a segment here that we need right. to <laughs> It's called, it's five o'clock somewhere. And we ask you five quick questions that change your life. Okay. Okay. Question number one, what is one thing that you wish uh, was healthy and it just isn't? Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> Um, I wish that chocolate was healthy and it's not <laughs> milk chocolate, not dark chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> That's, funny. That's a simple straight to the point. <laughs> That's a good one. All right. Good. Uh, question number two, what have you learned since getting a puppy? Yes. I love this question. That's such a good question. Wow. Good job. Yeah. So, um, so puppy, first of all, I'm just like, I wonder every day, like, how did I not have a puppy this whole time? Like not have a dog, first of all, it's like the best thing. But I, I do have to say my puppy, her name is Asha. She just teaches me so much, right? Like she teaches me how to not take things so seriously, right? Like I might be in a, in a mood and, you know, for whatever reason. And then I just see her kind of present and just being joyful. And I'm like, okay, it's not that serious. Right. So she's really teaching me how to not take things seriously. She's also teaching me, um, how to be more present, right. And just enjoy the little things. Like I can probably just play fetch with her for like an hour and it's like the best time of our lives right or like when I take her to the park we have a little routine that we do every morning where I take her to a field next to my house and it's literally an adventure it's like this fun adventure every morning every day and I can see that she sees it that way so now I see it that way right like every day is this really great adventure and it doesn't have to be something crazy just like us going to the yeah. park together and so yeah, I think she's just like really teaching me how to enjoy little things and be more present. Also, like a really, really great training before kids, right? Like really teaching you oh, the yeah. responsibilities and all of that. So that's been super, super helpful. How to live without sure. sleep. <laughs> I live without sleep. Yeah. <laughs> not, not so much anymore, but definitely like in yeah. the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, um, question number three. We kind of talked about this a bit um, when we were talking to you, that uh, people carry things on from generation to generation. And what is one thing that you hope to, that you hope to start and maybe one thing that you hope to stop onto the next generation for yourself, like w with what you're yeah, doing. Does that's that make a good question. Yeah, of course. That's a great question. That's definitely one of my go my purpose. I, I feel that I have multiple purposes and dharmas. I don't know if that's something you talk about, but I feel like I have multiple. And one of the things is is really um, letting go. And, it, and this is something I can't completely let go of, right? But at least with my family is to start really becoming more of your emotions and understanding them and letting go of shame and guilt, right? I feel like shame and guilt are just these two heavy emotions that just play such a big role in our lives, in our families' lives. And 
once we can learn how to kind of just let it go, I feel like people become, I've become so free, right? Once I've been able to process some of these stories around shame and guilt, because I used to feel guilty and shameful about everything, like the smallest things. And, you know, when you really start to unpack that, it's like, okay, why am I shameful about this? Why am I guilty about this? And it's a lot of it is because of that that programming that I've had with my family. And it's also a cultural thing that it, it, that kind of has just been passed down generation to generation. And so that is huge. That's one huge thing that I want to, I've already been working on and I would love to just, just make sure that when I have kids that, you know, they really um, are able to navigate their emotions and let go of like, not necessary, you know, unwanted guilt and, and shame. Of course, there are moments when I think it's appropriate to feel some shame and guilt, right? But I, I feel that nowadays in the modern world, we're just, we just, especially as women, we feel so much guilt. We feel so much uh, shame all the time. And so, yeah. Yeah. Right. I always bring up the Frozen soundtrack a lot. So, you know, let, let it, it go. go. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> um, all right. Question number four. Music. Yeah. Speaking of music, let's go into question number four. How much has music influenced your life and what genre slash artists? Oh, okay. Um, I think music has definitely played a, a big role in my life. I wouldn't say I'm a musician necessarily. Although I, when I think back to my childhood, I used to love singing. I was in a chorus and then I felt Man, like I wasn't good enough. So I didn't pursue it. <laughs> right. And so, <laughs> yeah. So that's one of the yeah. things I do feel like if I was, could go back in time and really believed in myself and had people that were supporting me, I could have probably been a musician. Right. And so, and yeah. I, I bet so many people can probably relate to that, but the, the music that I grew up listening to was mostly like R&B, rap, hip hop. Um, yeah, mostly like top 40s, like whatever was kind of popular. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And so I would say that, that, but I really, you know, I think one of my favorite artists probably would be like Bob Marley or like Michael Jackson and, and some of the old time, you know, people <laughs> that, that have passed away now. But yeah, probably yeah. those folks. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Those are good choices. Okay. Uh, question number five. You have two minutes left on the planet to tell the world one thing. What would you say? Um, to, to know that you're, you're enough just the way that you are and that it's your responsibility for the world and the people around you to learn that and to get out of your own way so that you can really help the people around you and that the world, you know, one thing that my, our coach always says, right, Jim Fortin, is that the world needs you. The world needs you to get out of your own way so that we can really help more people. That was beautiful. That was probably one of the greatest it. answers I've ever heard. Oh, thank um, you. <laughs> I do want to, there's one alt question here. There's a taco stand, an ice cream truck, and a juice bar. Which do you choose? Ooh. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the day because if it's like... <laughs> If it's a protein juice and I've eaten like a lot of junk before, then I'll probably do like a protein shake. <laughs> but Over in general, in, in general, I would probably say tacos. I love tacos. I do have to say oh, yeah. tacos are really great. <laughs> tacos are good. I love them. Oh my well, Ashrita Tawara, you've been Tawari. Yeah. I, I said it right in the beginning. Ashrita Tawari. You got it. You got it. There you go. I have some uh, vocal problems. 
Uh, you've been a joy to interview. You're so awesome. I love watching you grow. You're, I, I can just see you uh, affecting so many people with your great personality and um, your beautiful energy. So we just thank you so much for being on the pod. Yeah, thank seriously. you. Thank you both for having me. I really appreciate this. And it, it allows me to use my self-expression and hopefully help more people, right? That's that's why Absolutely. I do these things. That's why I speak yeah. up. So Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to yeah. bring people like you into the world and to, sh you know what I mean? And to just, yeah. and, and Share people's that, stories. that's exactly yeah. it. I mean, it's... And I, I do have it. to say, I Great. love, love, I listened to some of your the podcast episodes and I love the title and I think it's so like, it's perfect, right? Because you have to, right? Because that's, that's how we change the world. <laughs> like you have to step yeah. into your purpose. You have to step into your gift. But so many people are clouded by all of these things that we've been taught that they can't get to their purpose. They can't get to their dharma. And so I, I yeah. love that you're doing this podcast. Oh, thank sure. you so much. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, seriously. Welcome to the Afterpod, where we talk about our guests after they leave the room. Ash Rita, can you hear us? Ash Rita, can you hear us? So pretty much she's awesome. She makes me feel very lazy. Um, she's doing, <laughs> like, she was just listing off I all know. the things she's doing, and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Oh, well. She's like, let me start from day one and just blow your mind the entire She's like, when I was time. six, I got my master's, and you're like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> yeah, wait, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> Uh, there was a kid recently who was 11 that just graduated college, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a yeah. lot of brains in there. But going back to Shrida, she is just so inspiring. I guess, you know, it's like you look at someone and be like, she has so much to offer, so much. And she's doing it and really is fearless. And, and like I said, it's also an example of someone, you know, even someone like her, so together and doing so many things, still understood she needed to work on herself. And still right. had stories and still had things to overcome. And I guess that's the, to me, the big example is that everyone has stuff they could work on, you know? I, right. Always. No matter what. You're not kidding. She, I mean, geez. There was so much to take in from that. I was like just blown away. <laughs> so just listening like, holy shit. I know. So unreal. You know, you're from Nepal. You come to the States and you literally just rock your own world throughout life and it's so great that she has that experience to help others who are also you know who come from another country coming here yeah and who have and the same reality and understanding right yeah yeah that's super big that's so amazing and it's pretty neat to be like she said she was the first person in her family to graduate college i don't there's like i'm glad you know i'm glad she's worked out all the stuff but there's you know it's like there's so much pressure for her to be successful you know oh my like God. yeah to to take on the generations before her and to you know make everything better for the generations ahead of her but ahead, she's just right. she does it with ease she does it with ease <laughs> that's right I know. It's like, yeah, let's change the world. Okay, that's a big task. Let me just change my whole family's generation for the future. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's like crazy. <laughs> crazy positive. I mean, crazy, like amazing. And Not that insane wasn't crazy. like people who come from another country that their environmental change is such a benefit. It's interesting to think. I would say they're probably way more grateful for everything that they can get because they took a, such a risk that you know, is what leaving it, but, their home country yeah, and right but like she said the cultures the cultures of other countries are you know astronomically different depending on the country of course right yeah 
for better or for worse or whatever. Whatever that means, it doesn't mean anything. It's just the culture is like totally different. So it's totally wild too to think that arranged marriages still happen. Yeah. And like for us in America, we're like, what? <laughs> I know. Like that's so crazy, and that I people know. have to break. You know, some people want to and break free from this generational cultural perceptions that are thrown onto them and that's sure it can be challenging to break free from all that and and the feelings that and the feelings that you might have going against tradition yeah i know tradition does mean everything to some people and slash cultures and right you'll have to see um ashrita's bodybuilding we have one picture from her bodybuilding competition um she looks fantastic i think she ended up getting third place in her first competition we didn't ask her if she was going to compete more i don't know if she is she's definitely got a a full plate (laughs) yeah exactly i mean you know i think her her path changed uh for her sake for the better right Um, what do you mean she changed the path of of what she's what she you know what she wants to do and what she's going to do yeah Um, i mean obviously she could still work out in bodybuilding and all that stuff too but I think she's just really found her her true dharma. Well, she says she has many dharmas. That's right. Some people are just trying to find one. She's got a handful or two. I know. What does that even feel like, Ash? <laughs> <laughs> you think people call her Ash or Rita? No, we never asked her. I know. I was going to ask her, but Ash. I was just so intrigued Shreet. with what she was saying. How about Shreet? 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 Oh, Shreet. I like hey, Shreet. Shreet. We'll tell her that we've got a new nickname for her, Shreet. That's right. When you listen, just, you know, give us the green light that this is okay for you. (laughs) Well, that was awesome. And now I feel like we have to go work out or something. (laughs) Eat better. Eat better. You know what? It's like, I I, I get it. I get the whole, even just like the change your, you know, your eating, your eating, your habits, your whatever, your blah, blah, blah. Hey, we've, we've been on both ends of that spectrum. We also know, though, what. so the bigger, okay, we didn't get into this with her too much as she did a little. So you and I met, we like fell in love and ate and drank tons and then we gained weight and then we lost weight and then we gained weight and then we lost weight and guess where we are right now? Um, I don't know if you know. (laughs) We gained some weight. Uh, But they say that you keep doing that. There's a lot of, it's a self-love journey. Yeah. Jason, yeah, we need to love ourselves more. Isn't that funny though? Because when we were crazy, crazy skinny uh, for the second time around, which was a few years back, coupled a few, um, you know, it was almost like it still wasn't enough, or like God, I'm so exhausted because now I just feel like I plateaued, or whatever, uh-huh. whatever, whatever you want to say. It's all garbage and lies. <laughs> There's a lot of things we you tell like, yourself. Like, yeah. well, the one thing, you know, I just recorded the audiobook for Diet Free Revolution. And I really believed, I believe a lot of the book that it's, first of all, not, of course, if you're bodybuilding, that's different. But it's not about your weight. Mm-hmm. It's about how you feel and how mm-hmm. you feel about yourself and releasing the diet culture that tells us that we need to be five pounds. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of that, but really, as Ashrita was saying, 
really digging into your emotional state. I mean, they say your body is like a real reflection of your emotional state. Sure. Um, Do so. I look that sad? <laughs> <I'm just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're looking into it, folks. We're yeah, not we crazy, were. crazy no. heavy, but we've definitely um, have added some pounds. Yeah, there's been some addition to my <laughs> body. I say we, hello we have to a it new addition. We have a new addition. It's not a baby. It's a food baby. But anyway, I've started focusing on eating better and yeah, um, giving ourselves more, more love, exercise, more yeah. movement. Yeah, and. Um, we will, you know, Shrita can be a positive force in us really sticking to it and moving forward. So I'm thank with you, Shrita. We love Thank you. you. All right, Shrita. guys. Till next time. Love you all. Good night. Or have a great day. Or good morning. <laughs> or good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Go to sleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, we hit everybody. All right. Thanks for listening to the Cuz I Have To podcast. The best way you can help us is share the show. Tell people about it. Share it with your friends on your socials and also leave us a great iTunes review. Just Google Cuz I Have To podcast iTunes. Go to the bottom of the page and there's your review section. Make it good, will ya? Find us on Instagram at Cuz I Have To podcast and email us, especially if you know someone living their dharma and you think they'd be a great guest on the show. It's Cuz I Have To podcast at Gmail. And oh, we do love those voice messages. You can leave us one at anchor.fm slash cuz I have to keep living those dreams friends because you have to till next time